Chapin. How you doing, mate? You alright? I am good. I'm very good. How are you doing, Mr. Chapin Dharma? Oh, uh, mate. Um, survival mode. <laughs> right. So let's let's put some context into this because this is going out as a a podcast slash phone call. <laughs> yeah. Look, we, we we had to get something out there. I think I think we all got itchy feet. Um, well, itchy lips, really. Whereas Andy's got itchy tongue, but uh, that's because he's over in America going through. Well, he's probably handing out a few itchy lips anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's distributing. <laughs> Whereas you've been off on a stag do, right? Yeah, I'm literally just touching down now, and I, I forgot what day it was. Like, I I've just been in my own world, um, you know, trying to catch up on the boxing as well. You know? And a lot's happened. But what I'm going to say to you is the. It's the weekend when all the MMA fans have to just sit the fuck down and shut up. <laughs> boxing is the best sport on earth. <laughs> it's been uh, we're we're without Andy as well, so we're doing this hostless. So uh, yeah, we're just gonna blag it, see what happens. Yeah, we just wing it, and, and, and then we will release it. If it doesn't, this never happened. And hope that we can upload it. We haven't even worked that out. <laughs> We'll just text it to everyone. Yeah, we'll text out transcripts if this doesn't work. We'll be fine. <laughs> right, let's crack on then, because you've been away. How much did you catch of uh, last night? Like, what have you seen and what have you not seen? Oh shit! I saw Hara Davis the stoppage of Derry Matthews. Yeah. Ooh. Vicious. Ooh. He. So so one of the weird things is Hara Davis has longer arms. Like he actually has longer arms than me. We measured the last time we saw each other, and. You, all you saw was him just slashing shots. And you know Matthews was there like, no, I haven't faced anything like this before. Because Davis is throwing hooks. And you're like, he can't be in range to throw a hook. Bam, straight to the body. He's he's something special, Ahara Davis. He, he really, really is. You know, He's not a kid that you see falling out of nightclubs at four in the morning. All he does is box, really. I think I think that would have changed a few people's perspective of him last night on the back of the um it was the Italian guy that he fought the beat John Wayne oh, Yeah, I think there's a lot of grief for him after that um for not stepping up the gears whereas last night he he did a job man like I think Derry Matthews is you know he's retired after it he clearly he's not Derry Matthews of 5 6 years ago but still I mean that was impressive it was impressive. I don't, just before that stoppage, where Davis just stood in the same spot and looked at him and said, do something. And you can see Matthews was like, I don't want to get counted. I'm not doing it. Because I'm not getting counted again. This, this is fucking painful. <laughs> and so what do you make of the build-up? Like all the O'Hara Davis going up to Liverpool, Malvin off at anyone that he could get his... Uh... Uh, no, uh, that, that's Hearn's problem. Like, that's fucking Eddie Hearn's problem. Like, oh, Davis is a 24, 25-year-old kid. Why are you taking him to Liverpool for yep. a fight that's not going to happen in Liverpool? Just to stir up a bit of needle and get some more social media clicks. Yeah, know? I thought it was quite telling when um, it was the point where Ahara Davis called one of the fans. I don't know what the fan had said to him, but clearly there was some kind of uh, antagonising going on. <laughs> and Ahara Davis just stopped and went, you're a bull cunt. And then at that point, <laughs> at that point, Eddie Hearn like drags him off, and I'm thinking, even Eddie knows at that point y- you want to be on the back pages, not the front pages of any newspaper. Um, yeah, but but the, the thing the thing about that also is you run the risk of someone actually just steaming through the crowd and yeah. getting off. Like, and then look, there'll be a time when Matchroom aren't the number one promotional company in boxing in the UK. And we will look back on these sorts of moments and go, this is when Eddie Hearn kind of lost it. Yeah, went um, too far. It was, it's cheap publicity. It's, it's just fucking bollocks. All I really want to see is two people saying, we're going to box each other because we need to find out who's better. Bit of needle between them. No stunts. Just genuine emotion. If it's there, if it's not, just leave it. Just old school boxing. That's what we need back. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean... Um... We'll probably touch it later, but straight after the pay-per-view last night, and Coogan Cassius tweets out about James DeGale and George Groves have had an altercation down at ringside, and I just thought, this is more WWF bollocks, like more of it, because 
if you remember back, there was the Chisora and White when they clashed at a hotel next to the uh, the lift, and that happened to yeah. be filmed on IFL. And then, you know, later on, three, four, five months later, they end up fighting on a pay-per-view. And then there was the Toblerone being kicked at David Hay. And then sure enough, that ends up... It's just WWF storyline building, isn't it? Like, who... I pretty much guarantee you by June, July time, we will see Groves to Gale. Because that was the seeds being planted last night. And then it just so happened that IFL had the footage as well today that they could put up. It's just pure WWF. I hope to God that Groves has got the sense to go, I'll fight when I feel like it. Yeah, I rec- um, I'd bet there's probably a contract already in place for that fight. Because why else would they be doing the build-up already, which they were clearly doing last night? Like, I'm sure they could have kept those two apart. The security could have kept those two apart if they'd have chosen to. But instead, they happened to catch it on film the moment that they clash. I'd say it- and, you know what? If I'm being honest with you, this is where you know that Matchroom are struggling for money because they're almost just front-loading all the fights that they can get money for. They just want to throw into the first half of the year. Yeah, short-termism. But really, look, when it comes to him, the thing I'm most excited about is the, the next generation. That That's really it. If, if he doesn't get that right, then he's finished. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. So, he's a prick, but we'll come on to him later. He's a prick. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, disgusting. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah, he's fucking bullets. <laughs> yeah, and in our podcast. No, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> um, Malin Adjegginton, you seen that? I saw, I saw, I've seen bits, I've seen bits of that. Um, All right, poorly, so... I, I find it strange when a guy fights and commentates in the same night. That tells me you're not focused. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you've literally just come for a bit of a payday. You know, it's like wrestling. You know, they, when they said that guy, the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, yeah. And his job was just to get someone over. You know, he take a beating. You know, put put the guy over. Everyone makes money. That's Malinacci's job. Just put people over. Yeah. Eggington's a match from pet project, so. It was almost sad to watch. I found I was watching it, just not really enjoying the fight. Although it was an okay fight, it was Malinacci in the retirement years. Um against someone who, you know, let's go back 10 years, Malinaji would have just taken this kid to school and beaten him over 12 rounds. But instead, he was getting caught with shots. He was... It was Malinaji still got all the skills. He's still a lovely-looking fighter. He's still got that ability just to come off at angles and, like, walk his way around the ring when he wants. But his body's not doing what his head's telling it to do anymore. And the... it is, it, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of... It's like Sugar Ray Leonard against Terry Norris in 91. And you could see in Sugar Ray Leonard exactly what to do. And his body would react that half second too late. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets, so, caught. So, he gets caught with that body get shot. Chin. Yeah, he'd get caught on the chin and then he'd slip afterwards. Almost like doing everything backwards. Um, I hope he retires. I think he's retired. I hope Derry Matthews retires now. Matthews is definitely retired. Um, Malinaji said, "I think he would he would consider it." But his um, his interview afterwards was uh, it was lovely. And don't get me wrong, if there weren't two hours to kill before the main event, there's no way that interview would have gone on so long. But we were almost blessed by the fact that there were two hours until the main event, and so you got like twenty odd minutes of Malinaji and Eggington, which was like one fascinating insightful um you know new yorker who's able to give the he was giving us analysis of his own fight straight after it's happened and then you've got eggington that's like putting a fucking rocking horse you'd have got all the insight of a rocking horse out of that man from that fight um, how about guys get the small horses beyond <laughs> i don't know um i, I don't know but yeah, Malinaji, he was brilliant. He was just talking about his role now. And it's exactly what you were just saying. But uh, he was talking about his role just being that he can take these young kids and hopefully Eggington would have learned something through that fight, through the build-up to that fight, and given him a few tools that he can go on and, and work with in the future. Um, but it's slightly bizarre seeing Paulie Malinaji fighting Sam Eggington at the O two 2 in 2017. Like... <laughs> I put a tweet out earlier about 
fair play to uh, to Matchroom's matchmakers because they they're doing something right. The, I don't know how much money you have to throw at Derry Matthews and at Paulie Malinaggi to get them at this stage of their career to come over knowing they're going to take a loss pretty much to the likes of Ahara Davis, to the likes of Sam Eggington. But you're getting like either former world champions or former world title challengers coming over and taking that loss. Was Frank Warren there? Was Derry's guy, isn't he? Uh, I didn't see him there, and I'm I'm sure Sky wouldn't have shown him anyway if he was. But uh... <laughs> just blacked him out. <laughs> just a black, just a black circle on the screen. <laughs> oh, and let me not forget then that that fucker owes me two hundred quid now. Um, <laughs> the ailing and the ailing wasn't he going to take a look at one of your lads as well? Whoa, I need to I need to collect now. Time to collect. Yeah, let's uh, let's give people an idea here. You had a bet with Andy Ailing. Um... Uh, so, so when when the whole Derry Matthews Ahara Davis was kicked off on social media, everyone chimed in, and I I said to Andy Ailing, Ahara Davis will beat Derry Matthews easily. In fact, he'll probably stop him. And no, Derry, uh, not Derry. Andy Ailing said, "Do you want to put money on it?" I said, "Name an amount, two hundred quid, deal." So. We'll see if he's a man of his word, you know. And if anyone who listens to this, if this makes it out, if anyone's friends with Andy Ailing, tell him I'm coming for my money. (laughs) I'm sure there was a deal that he was going to take a look at one of your boys as well. Yes. Now, I haven't decided who yet, but definitely. There you go. Someone's got a free ticket. (laughs) God willing. (laughs) So, yeah, that was... uh, uh, Fair play to Eggington. You know, he did what he had to do. I... He's nothing special. He's nothing special. I, I don't know how much Malinaggi costs to get over, um, but I don't know why they're investing so heavily in the career of Sam Eggington because he's not going to go the distance. He's, they've got him this what is it, WBC silver title or something, uh, international title, I don't know. But he's never. Go, he's not going to be a world champion because he's just... <laughs> I don't know. He's done well to become British champion. Like He's done superbly to do that. Through the commentary last night, that commentary it fucking does my head in. Um, Sky hype machine. They're talking about he's been on great form. He's been on great form. He got fucking schooled by Bradley Skeet all the way through that fight. He got taken apart by Bradley Skeet. They mentioned it once and then just talked about how he was in great form for the rest of the fight. How he's like, he's got these good wins behind him of late. Uh, you know, what? I have a theory. I think the Hearns are gambling. So they look at 147 and they go, Khan's, Khan's a bit old and he's Khan's just looking for paydays now. Brooks in that same category now where it's just his legacy fights, belts aren't really important to him. And they're saying, look, of all the people below these guys, maybe Eggington can be in that mix. I'm not so sure. I think a lot of guys are going to move up to 147 from 140 who are young and who will smash holes into Eggington. So we'll see, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Then, uh, yeah, we moved on to the the main support was Katie Taylor. <coughs> I, I don't... I don't know why they keep bothering with her. It was such a... She's so far above what she was fighting against that it was a pointless mismatch. Just a terrible mismatch. This poor but girl... The thing is, here you've got Katie Taylor, right? And you, you'll, you'll know this, like... The deal she's on isn't that great. No nope. contract's not spectacular. It's it's as close to being serfdom as far as I'm concerned. And she I makes her money out of her sponsors. It doesn't come from the fighting particularly. Yeah, no. And you know, she might have to start doing webcam sessions where things are going because <laughs> she's she's not moving the needle. So I don't think Katie Taylor drives to herself. That's just my view. I think she would over in Ireland. I think that's different. Um, yeah. she's a fucking national hero over in Ireland put her and Conor McGregor in a ring together you'd sell the fucking place out and I think she'd probably win at a boxing match but um, yeah like she's I don't quite get what they're doing with her because as you say she's not a huge draw over in London up in Manchester but she would be over in Ireland no doubt about it she could headline over in Ireland and probably sell out 20, 30, 40,000 venues um, but the problem is, there's no Andy Lee, or there's, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing you can sell in Ireland apart from Katie Taylor. Well, yeah, without Carl Frampton, you're screwed. 
there's, there's, there's nothing, and I think Hearn's going to realise that very, very quickly. And I think in about a year and a half, Katie Taylor would have moved on from Matchroom. Yeah, I agree. I think either she goes to Europe or she goes to America. But unless they're going to start really milking her over in Ireland, I don't see what they're doing with her. But look, what, what's it, her third fight now? Yeah. Still don't know who she's chasing. Don't know who she's supposed to be fighting. Don't know who I'm supposed to be looking forward to. But that's the ideal thing for her, though, isn't it? Because we don't know anything necessarily. They haven't educated us about women's boxing. And that's perfect yeah, for Hearn, because he can keep rolling out some bird from fucking Lazio that he did last night that's there to get steamrolled. He doesn't need to bother educating people. He's, he's, all he's doing is finding, finding these, these women to, to take a shit lacking. But I'd also be worried that Katie Taylor doesn't seem to have that elite-level punch where you're looking at her going, I think she could starch someone. So I don't think she can. Which then makes her vulnerable if she meets someone who can actually punch. Which can't be far off. Yeah, they've got to step her up. These fights are pointless. Pointless. Can't, can't they pay <clears> the, <throat> the girl from Finland that beat her in the Olympics? Pay her to, to turn over. Yeah. Get some anybody that can give her a proper fight. There must be somebody out there. Again, I don't know enough about the division. You know, the sport, necessarily. Yeah. <sighs> But someone out there must. Give us ideas, people. Tell us who can come over and fucking have a proper fight with Katie Taylor. She could probably fight Sam Smith, the, the young lady from Leeds, but I don't think they'd want to do that because Sam actually knows what she's doing. Right. I, again, I don't know enough about it. I couldn't comment. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not. I'm not that enthused. And the problem with it is, is putting a downer on Nicola Adams now. Like I'm, I'm almost like I don't, I don't even want to see Nicola Adams boxed. And this Katie Taylor thing bored me that much. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kind of with you, really. <laughs> I don't know where it goes. Um, yeah. Right. Let's move on. Let's move on. The thing that we're uh, the big elephant in the room, Mr. Hay. Oh man. Um, half of Twitter is just there. I'm sure they've got their Terry dolls going. Ah, calm as a bitch, Terry, isn't it? Huh? I'm gonna. And, f- and if this makes it out, people will be like, "What are you gonna say this time?" <laughs> I'm gonna throw this out there from the off, right? Let's set. I'm gonna set my stool out on this. A, I look like a massive dick because I backed Hay to the hill for the last two weeks. Let's make that clear. <laughs> I look, I've been getting shit from Liverpool today, <laughs> from people I've never heard of, from loads of people. I'll take that on the chin, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I accept that. And B, like whatever else we're going to say over the next probably 20 minutes discussing this, fair play to Tony Bellew. Like, let's ignore the circumstances for two seconds. Fair play to Tony Bellew. He had to step up and take that fight, if nothing else... You know, you can say beat a man with one leg, whatever we're going to say about it later. He had to take, he had to step up and take that fight in the first instance. Like, circumstances, luck may have gone his way. He still had to step up and do it. And he, if he was in the right place at the right time, then I don't begrudge him that whatsoever. Because he's... I, I've got a theory. Go for it. I think Caldwell got wind of something. And... It might not have been recent, it might have been from a while back, but he got wind of something, and in his head he was like, I don't think David Hay can box at a high level. So, let's try and get him before someone else does. Do you know what? I kind of agree with you. When I was saying earlier about the matchroom matchmaking, whether it's Coldwell or whether it's somebody inside of matchroom, I don't know. Um, But either way... I think somebody knew there was a problem with David Hay six months ago. And no, so... I, this is even further back. I, I, <clears throat> I want to choose my words carefully because you know, we all have to try and keep friends in the industry. There is someone who knew. Imagine someone had all the information, all the injuries David has had over his career. Right. And imagine that person shared that information with someone they might have been close with, maybe worked with in the past, who's gone on to pastures and you. Just no names, just theoretically. You have that information and you go and tell your fighter, look, there's no way 
with these injuries, this guy can box at this level. Let's call him out. Interesting. <laughs> you know, because there's, and probably it's probably one for an offline chat, but a friend of mine made a, a pretty penny yesterday. I didn't even realize till he he called me today and said, "Thanks, for, thanks for the tip." <laughs> but yeah, we'll discuss that one off off air. <laughs> but look, I'm I'm gonna set my stall out. David Hayes of British Boxing, great. David Hay proved yesterday he is a boxer's boxer. He was not going to give up in that fight. And fought with every breath. I mean, he fought to the pitch range until they threw the towel in. And paradoxically, that was the David the fans had wanted to see for years. That's who they wanted to see against Klitschko. Someone, That's the David Hay they wanted to see. Someone with the heart. Someone... Yeah, to, 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 to let you know, this is going to be a brutal fight. He's a British boxing hero. I saw the fight. And he wasn't right from the first. Like, when I guess when you've watched enough boxing, and, and this is why you know, you know the, the casual fans are the casual fans, I guess. They never look at the legs. I was watching him when when he was trying to move. It's just within 30 seconds of the first round. And he, he was just dragging his right leg. It was lame. He, had, he wasn't putting any weight on it. He wasn't putting any pressure on it. It was all of, He had all his weight on his front foot, which told me that he had a problem immediately. And it also meant that he was more likely to get caught because when you're wasting your front foot, you can't rock back as easily. So all things considered... I, think, I thought he did well. I'm happy for Tony Belton because it's another fairy tale in this guy's career. Like, if, you know, he will go there. He'll be one of those boxers you'll remember because he upset the odds so much. Yeah. And I'm not gonna, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not gonna do down his victory because at the end of the day in boxing, there's a winner, there's a loser, right? And he's the winner on this occasion, and he he deserves it because he showed up, but. It was, it was tough to watch. It was just that. I sat watching it with my wife. And in round seven, she said, this is uncomfortable. Like Now, it's uncomfortable to me watching it because that isn't the David Hay that I know <laughs> and, like, and that I'm familiar with. And so that was quite uncomfortable watching like a shell of David Hay in there. You know, with that injury, that makes it a million times worse. But she's watching it, like, not with the knowledge of that, but thinking it's uncomfortable to watch a man whose leg is fucked <laughs> fighting a man who's 100... Well, maybe not 100%, but, like, 80%. Like, yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> I didn't know what to make of it. I still probably don't know what to make of it. It was just such a bizarre fight. It was... I have no idea what the scorecards look like. No. They shared anything. No, I haven't got a clue. But I'd love to know. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting if, if he's being told, hold on, you've won four out of the first seven or something. You know, keep hanging in there. I don't know if that's what he was told. I, I don't know. Because that's the only way you can explain why the towel comes in in round 11 and not just as soon as the injury became a problem. Yeah. But, I mean, even when the injury was a problem, yes, he clearly couldn't throw with power... He couldn't, but he was still, <laughs> he was still in that fight somehow. I don't know how, but he was still, he was able to like from a static position, slip shots, roll shots, and throw back himself. And he caught Bell you a few times coming in. Now, you know clearly without being able to shift the 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 balance from one foot to the other, there's not the power in there. But he was still in that fight, <laughs> and that's what made it so fascinating. <laughs> You know, if we go back, let, let's go back, you know, all the crap I take on social media for saying David Hayes is David Hayes. That. And I've always said this. He's a real boxer. People go, he's a show pony. I'm like, no, no, no. This is, this is a tough man. He's a tough man. He's a mentally strong man. And he showed that in adversity last night. Um, 
I guess the, the big question now is what's, what's he really got left in the tank? Do you want to, like, you, you know, you've got different relationships with David Hay to most people. That aside, do you want to see him back in the ring ever again? Yes. Because I think everyone should have the right to to leave the sport on their own terms. And I don't know if you want to leave, you know, having been, having fallen out of a boxing ring and had a towel thrown. I don't know if that's how you want to end your career. It's very Bernard Hopkins-esque. Yeah. Um, although with Hopkins, to be, to be fair, and I did say this at the time, he fell, he fell through those ropes for his own fault. Like, he kept sliding along the, yeah. the rope separators until they, all, until they met in the middle, so there was nothing to keep him in there. I just think David fell because he couldn't stand. Yeah, no, absolutely. I say it was just the imagery of it was, uh, was yeah, very similar. He, he's, he, like I said, he's a British boxing great. Um, if he comes back, what does he do? I don't know. They were talking immediately after about the uh, potential of a rematch. And, I, I'm not comfortable with it. I, there's, part, there's part of me that doesn't want to see him fight again. Um, for me, it depends entirely on what's in the tank. If, if it's a question of we can fix the Achilles and he'll be 70% of who he was, why would you come back for that? If they can fix it, and it's like, well, look, man, you have to fight and challenge because that's probably he probably took as much punishment in that fight as he's taken in his whole career. So yeah, he hasn't got those boxing miles that someone like a Bell you want, and incidentally, I think he's more likely to retire than David is. Do you think? Yeah. What, what does Bell you do now? I think, I think Bell you's gonna cash out now I think <clears throat> I'm sure he probably earned a couple of million last night yeah and then you say to yourself okay who's going to give him a couple of million in, in his next fight no one in the cruiserweight division he can't he can't generate that sort of interest yeah but as soon as the final bell rang you've then got they're talking about Deontay Wilder there's been talk Dillian White's called him out Joseph Parker called him out I'm like what the fuck <laughs> you're about the, bell, you. yeah yeah, sends him a tweet saying, uh, you know, congratulations, um, you know, providing the fight with Huey Fury goes well. Maybe me and you can do it at the O2. I'm like, people suddenly realise that he's clearly, he's somehow become a big, big name and a big, big, you know, financial opportunity for other fighters. You've got the WBO champion calling out a guy who's kind of stepped up as a bit of a novelty to heavyweight with the intention of going back down. Is he going to go back down? Dillian White's calling him out. <laughs> no, but, but, but Bell, you were spared. What he said was, if I fought at heavyweight, I wouldn't fight one of the giants. That's what he said before he won, but now the narrative seems to have, uh, have changed somewhat. But, but you know, here's my question. Did he really win? He won, but he didn't win, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I said... As I said at the beginning, I don't want to take anything away from Tony Bellew at all because, you know, he deserves all the respect that he gets. But there seems to have been this big, um, as if people are kind of embarrassed to mention the fact that he's beaten a man on one leg. Like, we can't get over that. You can't just ignore the fact that he beat a man on one leg and it took him the best part of five rounds to be able to finish him off. And he only finished him off because Hay was like... We didn't even finish him off. The, the towel came in. Hay would have carried on fighting. Like, there's no way he should be sticking around at heavyweight because he he showed he doesn't have the power to hurt a rusty heavyweight. What's he going to do to an active prime one? A hungry one. Yeah, is very, very little, you suspect. Um, for me, the only person I could see him fighting as a heavyweight, and it wouldn't be for a belt, would be someone like Andy Ruiz Jr., yeah, but there's not going to be the money in it, is it? He's clearly, and I have no issue with this whatsoever, but he's clearly going to go down the most financially rewarding career path now. Because he, he said he wants to be out of the sport in like 12 months anyway. So who could blame him if he went, you know, if Hearn put on an eliminator for Wilder between Tony Bellew and Dillian White and they build it up in their pantomime style as usual, that's worth another million, two million to each of them. Why doesn't he find... 
<laughs> because you'd get fucking annihilated, probably. But Do you know, I, I, I'm not sold on Ortiz. I'm not sold on Ortiz. I think he's the sort of person that, under pressure, will find out that actually, I mean, we got sold a monkey on that one. I'm not sold on him. You know, look at his wins. He he beat a shot Brian Jennings and he beat a shot Tony Thompson. Now, outside of that, who's he really beaten? Yeah, Malik Scott badly. But but Scott had him in all kinds of confusion when he just decided, oh, I'm just going to get on my bike and run. Yeah. You know, a little bit more ambition and he might have done a lot of damage to Ortiz. So, but I'd like to see Bellew retire. Let, 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 let him do Creed 2 or something and then retire. But he doesn't... He, <clears throat> he landed on his feet last night. He thought that's a great final chapter to the story. You know, just like Frotch and Groves, it's, don't ruin the legacy. Yeah, see, I, I completely, I get where you're coming from. It's just, I feel like he's earned a big, big payday. Like, another big payday, because I'm sure he got it last night. I'm sure he's kind of, you know, can pay off his mortgage and all that stuff off of that. I would just like to Fuck see him... Joshua. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't put him with Joshua. But I'd like to see him just get one big payday and call it a day then and like nobody could begrudge him that because he's earned it as I said before irrespective of the or how the outcome came about he he's in a position now where he's earned that opportunity to earn the money to call it a day yeah 100% he took the gamble yeah exactly he took the gamble he may have known about the circumstances beforehand but you know <laughs> he took that chance nobody else did so, so I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm genuinely not going to knock Bell you. He's, he's surprised us all. And I'd like to see him retire, but if he does find someone, something else that will get him that motivated, then fair play. Because he must have had to inhabit a very dark place. Because I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it came out that he'd spied Anthony Joshua in the build-up that wouldn't surprise me if he did that just to get used to being hit hard. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he does he want to put his body through that again? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Can we move on to Eddie Hearn? Yes. Eddie Hearn. Fucking, oh, man. And, again, this is, I'm never going to be a Tony Bellew fan. Like that, I just can't be. I, I've sat through... Uh, the Roberto Bolonti fight on the undercard of Carl Frotch, Yusuf Mack. Like, that fight alone will stop me ever being a Tony Bowie fan. However, I got as close as I'm ever going to be last night. The moment fucking Eddie Hearn runs into the ring, celebrating his life off. When Hayes, like, <laughs> laid out on the floor with his knee, sorry, his ankle his ligament shot to shit. Hey, sorry, Hayes on the floor. Hearn runs in, cuddles Bellew from behind, and Bellew just shrugs him off with the look of evil on his face. Bellew walks over to Hay to help him up and get him back to his corner, at which point Eddie Hearn turns around like a spoilt child who's been told he's not allowed the fucking sweets in the co-op, and then goes and celebrates Wait, with his dad. Clip. And then goes and I celebrates. And you see him and Barry Hearn in the background, like jumping up and down. Like they've just won the lottery between them, whilst the man who's been in the ring, Tony Bellew, is showing the utmost respect to David Hay to go back and help him into his corner, whilst you've got the two Hearns. Oh, so... The way that he got turned away by Bellew and the look on his face was just... It was David Brent-esque. It was phenomenal. Well, because remember, in that moment, it's all about him. And... Uh, and uh, I... I know this stuff will probably get back to him, so I always have to be absolutely clear in my statement. I think Hearn's the best promoter this country's got. Probably the best promoter this country's had in a long time. Yes. And I, I mean, you can't knock his hustle. But there's, there's something foul-tasting about how he conducts himself. That's, it's, it's, you know, everyone's got that mate, haven't they, who is just a little bit uncomfortable to be around <laughs> You know the guy who gets pissed and he'll always try and kiss you? Yes, yeah, Andy normally. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he loves but he's, and And Hearn's like that. You know, that guy, you just cringe, don't you? When they, oh, not again. You know. It... But, then, but then, 
know, I, the, I, I don't know. What I didn't like about, and what left a taste in my mouth afterwards, I thought, fuck this, like completely fuck this, was when Hearn, sorry, uh, Hay and Bellew were stood in the ring and they were both saying like, you know, we were talking before and then we stopped talking in the build up to this and we'll talk now. And you just think, that would have done for the build-up. That would have been sufficient. We used to be friends. We're still kind of friends, but we've got to put it to the side. And now we're going to meet in the ring, and then we can be friends again afterwards. That would have done for the build-up. But instead, and you know it's Hearn that's driven every single element of it. Taking Hay to Liverpool. All of the stuff about he was going to get a perspex wall. They can't be face-to-face, or this, that, and the other. Hearn has driven every element of that. You kind of get the impression... Hay and Bellew are just two fighting men that would have been happy to sign a contract, do a little bit of promo, go off. And I know that's Eddie Hearn's job. I know he's a promoter. And I know he's phenomenal at doing it because the pay-per-view numbers would have been good for last night. I've no doubt about that at all. No doubt whatsoever. And that's what his job is. I appreciate that at the end of the day. He's good at his job. I'm just uncomfortable with it. I'm really uncomfortable with it. It leaves... (laughs) What state is a sport going to be in when he walks away from it? That's what my uncomfortable element is. Because when he walks away, that sport is going to be broken, would be my view. And it's short-termism. I always say this about Hearn. It's short-termism. If he's out of the game in five years, which I suspect he will be, once he's made enough money to fuck it all off, there's no need for the stress. He can retire at like mid-40s or whatever, go off and do the gymnastics with matchroom. He'll leave boxing in a broken state. We're fucking boxing up. I think as fans and consumers, it's our fault. We pay for all of this crap. I think once once people start investing in those Cody boxes or whatever it is you've got, you start streaming things, they'll have to change this. It doesn't work. It's, it's the reason why people don't make that much money in boxing. Because corporate sponsors look at what Hearn does and they go... This is this is trash. Yeah, I can't be part of a sport that has David Hayes stood in Liverpool calling people fucking retards. Like and that's and that's don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not even blaming Hay for that. The language is deplorable, but I'm not blaming him. He's there's no way he wanted to go to Liverpool to be painted as a bad guy, to be shouted at by a thousand scousers that are probably all pissed up. Of course he's gonna bite back. He's a fighter. But that's all. That's made by Hay. Uh, sorry, made by Hearn. That whole situation. Ah, uh, I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> and so that's why I loved Tony Bell. You just like don't celebrate with me. I want to go and check on that man. Make sure that man's okay. Get him back to his corner. I'll celebrate with my team afterwards. Hey. But, but also, when, when, when the ref stopped the fight, I found it interesting. Bell's body language was just like, well. He looked underwhelmed, and I know that sounds weird to say, but he looked underwhelmed. He did, and I think it—he probably didn't want to win in that sort of way, did he? Really, it was. Perhaps the only way he was ever going to win. Yeah, but you know that takes some of the shine off it for him, because in his head, I'm sure he's like pictured it with a big left hook, finishing the fight. Like whether that's ever going to happen or not, that's the delusion that any fighter has to have. I say delusion, that's maybe harsh, but. That's the vision every fighter has to have, whether it's realistic or not. It's almost irrelevant. But like he probably, it can't have been the sweetest victory for him to win in that way. And I say for her, you know what? I, have a, I think they will do the rematch. I think Eddie Hearn will sit there and he'll go. Parker, well, I think Parker will need to do heel stunt. So Bellew's not going to fight a six foot six heavyweight. Can I put can I put this uh, I got a question through earlier so you're going to have to bear with me because I have to find this on my phone right I thought this was a fascinating question um, bear with me bear with me so multitasking here this is most unmale the times you need Andy that's it it's a time I need to not be doing this on a fucking phone call <laughs> From Shamir, right, on our Facebook group. So I'm going to leave this one out there for you, Terry. Question for the pod. Do you think Warner Brothers fixed this fight, and the last for that matter, to make sure Bellew is a huge name for Creed 2? Um, what a great question. 
if they fixed it, but you'd want to start whatever Creed Two is meant to be. This is the time you want to start making. It. Yeah, you start writing the storyline for it today. <laughs> yeah, well, well, this would have made a hell of a Creed film as well. Yeah, too right. But but no, no. Look, the Hey Bellu rematch is the only one that will make sense for Tony Bellu, I think, because it's an easy story. We all know what happened last time. Here's a chance for both men to put it right. Yeah, you do it up at Goodison. You know that's going to sell out at Goodison. Yeah. I say I can. T- will go up there. <laughs> I've seen the amount of. Uh, there's a lot of backing for him in Liverpool. I can base that upon my Twitter timeline today and the amount of shit that I've taken. <laughs> Mate, I just got roasted from everyone. You know. Yeah. No, I I felt like I felt like a Hara Davis at a press conference today. <laughs> That was me. What was it? Your mate got... How was it? Your mate lost. Your boyfriend lost. <laughs> your brother lost. But I was like, for everything that we've said about it, it's the interview afterwards. I understand why Hay didn't play on it because of the amount of grief that he got after Togate and all that. But it was so bizarre that, like, even the, the commentator... So the uh, guy asking the questions in the ring, like, asked him about the injury and he, like, didn't even acknowledge it. So bizarre. It's almost as if we can't talk about the fact that Tony Bell, you beat a one-legged man over six rounds. Now, I know Hay promised the explosive knockout early doors, and so you can say, well, he didn't manage to do that, which is what he promised to do. But what fighters promise to do and then what they actually go and instigate in the ring are so often two different things. That like, Don't take it because he said it as a press conference as fucking gospel that that's what his game plan was. His game plan might have been take him into the 10th round. And then he fucked his leg up and he couldn't do it. But credit to Bellew, though. like He boxed the best I've seen him in yes. a while. He was very clever in making sure he was out the way of that right hand. Yeah. Very, very good with that. Very good at using the jab and the left hook to keep David's right hand honest. Also, he, he boxed really, really. He, he found a new level. His reactions were superb. Like The amount of times he just pulled that left shoulder down to avoid the right hand. Just it, he was very good. Yeah, it was it was good. I, I'm I'm now leaning towards that rematch, depending on how long the recovery period is. That's got to be the one that happens again. Yeah, have we exhausted Hay Bellew? Um, pretty much. Um, look, I guess my closing thing is thoughts are always with with guys in a situation like this when you get injured and you know you know what the backlash is going to be. And and that, that, that really upsets me about human nature, you know. The, the number of boxers who complain about haters and people who shouldn't be criticising fighters and the vitriol they've thrown towards David Hay. That's when you that's when you don't feel sorry for boxers getting screwed by promoters because you know, they're so they're self absorbed and quite short termist in their own right. Uh, you know. Um, all the best to David, man. I, I hope he's back for one more before then stepping down because, you know, at 36, you're not going to be better than you were the year before. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, yeah. And I say again, like, massive congratulations to Tony Bellew. It takes nothing yeah. away from what he achieved. So, like, one-legged or not, he's still got that win. And that will forever go down in the history books as well. Like, you know, Boxwreck ain't going to say David Hay fucked his ligaments up in round six or whatever. He'll just say a win for Tony Bellew. And good luck to him. Yeah, and that- and that's all we'll remember when Bellew beat Hay. Yeah, and good luck to him. Did you manage to catch any of Garcia Thurman? Wow. Yes. Good, because yes. I haven't. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Honestly, this is why this has been a great weekend for boxing, because you had Hay Bellew, which is one aspect of it, you know, settling a grudge or a perceived grudge in the ring, and then you just had Garcia Thurman, which was who's number one. And... Thurman is clearly number one right now because Danny Garcia went to the same well once too often. I, um, if you can, get, if you can get to watch the fight, the first half of it is really, really good. Actually, it's it's two guys at the top of their game going at it. Just for the record, I think if Floyd walked out of his bed tomorrow and fought both of them, he'd beat both of them comfortably, even at forty. You know, the, the standard in the welterweight division isn't as high as it used to be. But let's not take away from those two guys who who came to 
final. Uh, from round one, Thurman was just bombing on Garcia. Garcia was, you know, typical left hooks to the body, left hooks to the head. But he was slow. Thurman just Thurman came out to dominate, threw more punches, landed more punches, was more active, more dynamic. But some of those right hands he was throwing. Wow, Garcia has a hell of a chin. <laughs> now, honestly, I, um, you know, everyone should watch that fight. That that's what you look forward to. Um, <clears throat> It's, you know, on, it's on my watch list for this week, but uh, unfortunately I've been in charge yeah. of three children for the day who didn't really oh, no. want to sit and watch Garcia Thurman. Now, yeah, you need you need time. I, to be honest with you, I watched it on the train back from the airport. That's that's where I watched it. But I'm trying to think, because if you think about the 147 right now, you've just had Garcia Thurman for essentially supremacy in the division. You've got Pacquiao Khan, you've got Brooks Spence Jr., so the next layer of fights that happen after these three will be equally as interesting. It's just a, it's a good time to be involved in boxing, I reckon. So, uh, in terms of Angel Garcia, um, what about tactics? <laughs> what by being a racist little prick? Well, that that doesn't help not, anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Absolute fucking scumbag. I don't know what preparation he did for Thurman, but it doesn't work. Keith Thurman is not the kind of person you can you can hope to counterpunch. Like you've got to stick it on him from the start, and Garcia didn't. And by the second half of the fight, he was playing catch up. So if he had fought the second half like he fought the first, he probably would have won that fight. I was surprised there was a split decision at the end. I've seen a lot of people say that that it was clearly clearly a Thurman victory. Yeah, I had it seven to five. I can understand eight to four, um, but I can't understand giving it to Garcia. Um, I just can't. No. And, and this is when judges, I mean, they get a bad name, and for, for decisions like that, that doesn't make any sense based on the fight that that we saw. None of them will be as bad as Ian John Lewis for uh, scoring the Gavin McDonald Ray Vargas fight a draw. Did he score that? Yeah, he scored that a draw. What an absolute! I'm sorry, but that's that's unbelievable. Like that is unbelievable. That should be struck off of the WBC judging register. And the thing is, didn't Ian John Lewis used to box himself? I don't know, actually. I, I think I think he was a pro. Maybe not for that long, but I think he was a pro. Yeah, but how how anyone could score that fight as a draw is disgusting. I know we're going back that's a week now, shocker. but. Uh, but there you go. But that was an interesting card, though, the, the whole one. Um, you know, your small hall superstar. Rakeem Noble, yeah. yeah. Poor lad. Poor, poor, poor lad. Um, that's when you realise there's a massive gulf between the bottom end of the TV guys and the top end of the small hall guys. Yeah, although he, wow. did, a, he did a bit of uh, bit of damage to Tommy Coyle, didn't he? Like He's broken his, uh, his cheekbone. Um, well, he broke Coyle's cheekbone. Yeah, in the first round. But that's when he was. That's when he was switched on, though. Because yeah, he came out all guns blazing, if you remember. Yeah. And it was jab, jab, right hand, back when you jab, boom, 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 boom. And then Coyle was just like, ah, well, when this gets serious, we won't be able to do all of this stuff. And then he just started to break him down. And, I, and you know, for all the talks they had of Noble saying he was ready, he was fit. You, you realise why you need a training camp, a proper training camp to prepare for these sorts of fights. Yeah. yeah, hopefully he gets another opportunity down the line somewhere. Dave Allen last night as well. Dave Allen uh, picked up one, I forgot about him. Because he fought uh, up in, he fought in Hull as well, didn't he? And then uh, and then down at the O2. What are they going to do with Allen? I don't understand where he's headed at the moment. Like him, think he's absolutely brilliant, but what are you going to do with I him? I don't get Hearn keeps talking about he's going to build like as far as I'm aware he's not even signed with Eddie Hearn I might be wrong but uh, he certainly wasn't as of about three four months ago um, so maybe they've uh, maybe they've put a deal in place but um, I don't know having two fights in two weeks uh, both against fairly low level opposition I don't know what you're doing yeah, with him at all yeah well, 
don't even know where they dug that guy up from, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, Alan himself called him in the week because he's like six foot nine. He's got a few losses, but about twelve wins. Uh, I think he called him a Tesco value David Price. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess to try and build him back towards uh, British title when you've got Gary Cornish and Sam Sexton fighting for it. There's a home for David Allen at that level. Yeah, um, you know he's ill-disciplined. Those right hands that he was throwing over the top last night were just mad. They were like Deontay Wilder shots, but... Uh, but, but he knew what he was in against, so he didn't have to be disciplined. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, last night, it's just... <laughs> the whole thing's left a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, but has improved my view of Tony Bellew. That's that's where I'm at with it all. That's a, that's a massive victory. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still... I'm still quite quite emotional about what happened to David because it's like ah, what a shame, you know the the hay that faced Chisora would have walked through Bellu. Oh, absolutely, but that's that's like saying the Mike Tyson of his prime would have beaten Danny Williams. We- yeah, and and, and and which which was that was equally sad to watch as well when you're you're there and you're like. Yeah, uh, we all, I wish I hadn't seen that. We all know if like one half of the fight had their clock turned back, it would have been a different fight. But on the other hand, I suspect the paperwork would never have been signed off if that were the case. Yeah, and we go back to my original theory. They they use something. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I think there's uh, there's an element of that. Look, should we wrap this up? I've, uh, we've gone 50 minutes. Yeah. I'm not even entirely sure this is going to work. If it does, people, you've got a, uh, a bonus podcast out of us. A warm-up. You've... It's a warm-up for the team, the band reunites. It's a little warm-up. You know, we'll be back, venting, healing, <laughs> fire and brimstone. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm down at York Hall next Saturday as well. Um, what? There's a Goodwin <laughs> show down at York Hall on... Uh, oh, who's headlining? Uh, what is it? Jordan Joseph versus Chris Hobbs for Southern Area Light Heavyweight title. Which uh, it's an interesting fight. Jordan Joseph's young lad, um, trained by Don Charles. I'm not convinced yes. by him a hundred percent. If I'm honest, he lacks spite. He lacks. Um, I don't know. There's some. There's something missing when I've seen him fight. However, he did a good job on um, Eric McConzo, and Eric McConzo is like a, a fucking, he could be absolute danger, or he could just not turn up sometimes. But uh, McConzo's a risky fight. He did a job on Eric McConzo, just you know, kind of uh, almost outmanned him, like old manned him. But he's a young lad; he's only like twenty-one years old or something. Oh, okay, now he's got time. He's got time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're stepping him up to this Southern Area title because an opportunity has arisen. Really, it was meant to be Chris Hobbs versus Hassan Kakaldi, but Hassan Kakaldi was the guy that got done first sparring Nick oh, Blackwell. Yeah, so he's got that six month ban. Hasn't he? Yeah, so uh, they've kind of they've spotted an opportunity and they've moved Jordan Joseph into uh, that fight. So. On the undercard, the interesting fight is Ozzy Gervier versus Jose Lopez. Uh, Cruiser. Yeah, and I've been impressed by Jose Lopez of late. He uh, He's looked a lot better in his last couple of fights than he'd looked before. I think he's massively talented cruiserweight. I think if he gets his stuff together, he could... In my view, he could go far. Um, if he can stop going backwards with his hands up in the air and apart. <laughs> which... It's huge. When he does it, he comes back like a cat holds their paws up. Yeah. And I've said it to him. I've said it to him before that like it's just I don't know. He used to be trained by Don Charles. He's not there anymore. Um, but yeah, like he's going to get caught. And Aussie Gervier, he can bang, but he's also susceptible to being hit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Jose Lopez, with his hands up, whether he can actually tighten that defense when he's on the retreat. Because if not, he's going to be in a world of trouble. Saturday night, but uh, yeah, yeah, interesting one. So I'm back to the small hall boxing two weeks in a row. I but back to reality. Yeah, do you know what? I love it as well. No pantomime build up, <laughs> none of that bullshit. Just go it's, down to York Hall. Cool. Yeah, but, but my, 
my question is, and maybe maybe I'll ask Steve from ever invited back on the show. Um, <laughs> how do you close that gap between being the top end of the small hall and being able to go on a matchroom show and be a threat? How do you close that gap? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Really, is uh, <sighs> there are a few kind of top level small hall lads that. They're they're still young, and I think if you can uh, nurture them correctly over the next five years, maybe probably not even that long, maybe three years, and give them a proper schooling on the small hall level, I think there's a number there that could break out. Likes of Linus Udofia, Brad Pauls, I think Jose Lopez could do it. Um, there's but a they all few. Train of, well, they train out of chaos, don't they? Two of them do. Linus and Brad Pauls train out of there. So they're, yeah. they're sparring. And they're in with Jake Ball. You've got James DeGale training down there. Um, you know, there's a quality setup down there. But, uh... but, but, but see, see, here's my question. And I'm a cynic. Like, I don't think... Like, I'm hearing about all of these gyms where great things happen. But these guys aren't delivering. And I think we've lost... It's all become too scientific, I think. You know, everyone's trying to prove how clever they are as a trainer. And we don't have these evil, menacing places. Like, you know, you can go to gyms in the U.S. and it's scary to be in there. Because you know if you're asked to spar, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> Which is why people go over to America to spar. And we don't seem to be able to create that in the U.K. Well, I get tell right? They seem to do it up north. In London, you don't. It's all very nice and it's all very Instagram friendly. You know, these guys aren't ripping each other's heads off. They're not really, you know, putting that work in. And, you know, this touches on to one of my, my favourite rants. The amount of bullshit boxers put out on social media. <laughs> Here, here's me doing a five-mile run. Here's me after a circuit. Here's me in a nice bar. Here's me doing this. I'm like, show me one of you winning. <laughs> That's all I care about. Look, show me you winning. Or show me you fighting, all this other stuff. It, like, Anthony Fowler is a prime example. <laughs> the guys on social media talking all this nonsense, and, you know, <clears throat> fair play, the guys are entitled to an opinion. But I'm like, mate, we're, we're nine months past the Olympics or whatever it is. You're not signed to anyone. You've become irrelevant at the moment. Yeah, you're, 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 you're not. You know, I mean, no one's interested in seeing what you do next. But you're still out there tweeting like you're relevant. Get your head down. Train hard. Stop calling on guys like Chris Eubanks. Train hard. And let's see what you can do. Because we don't we don't have that. There isn't a gym I've been to where I'm like, God, this is a tough environment. Not the Peacock, not Miguel's. And that's why we're not producing any quality in the Southeast, in my opinion. Whereas you go to Manchester, um, they're all at it. You know, it's, it's pretty tough up there. And that's what needs to change. I think we might close the gap to the matchroom guys if we do that. Because look at someone like Tommy Coyle. That guy just runs up hills. Like, never runs down him. Just runs up. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he'd climb Everest in his boxing game. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the most talented fighter in the world, but... Nowhere near. But he's been in enough tough situations that he knows how tough he is. And I don't think our guys do. The small hall guys you see at your hall need to find that. They need to go out there. I don't. I don't think they challenge themselves. It's all very comfortable, from what I see, looking into the outside. It's all very comfortable. You want to fight? Steve will get you a fight, or Mickey Elliott will get you a fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and eventually you'll get stepped up. But it's not like you know what? When they just put you in these brutal fights, and let's just see what you have. Because one day you'll need to you'll need to tap into that reserve of toughness. I'll give a shout out on that note to uh, young Taylin Jones. He's yes. fighting um, Nick Genman, like former Southern Area champion. When I say former, like <laughs> he lost it two fights ago, I think, to uh, Grant Dennis. Um, uh, and yeah, like Nick Genman's a tough, tough man, and like Taylin Jones is going in and fighting him in his what, like ninth, tenth fight, something like that. Yeah, I think so, I'd like to see more fighters taking those risks and those opportunities. I know it's not necessarily great management or it's potentially not great matchmaking, but 
But if he comes out of that with a win and a tough win, then that's going to do him well for the rest of his career. Yeah, so so he fought he fought my mate Ashley in his last fight. Yeah, Demet. Yeah. And, and I remember to, uh, to, I spoke to Ashley about the fight and I said, the thing about Kalen Jones is he looks like a guy who's done the hard miles in sparring. He looks like a guy who's been in with, uh, who's, he, he just, I think Ashley's a better athlete and Ashley probably has better fundamentals. Kalen Jones knew his way around the ring and he knew his way around those, those rounds, the six rounds. He just knew his way around them. Yeah. And that's always the difference. He, and, you know, fair play to the lad. I think, you know, he's more experienced than his record would suggest. That's how I look at it. Yeah, no, I like, I like fighters taking a risk, so fair play to Taylor Jones. But look, should we have a second go wrapping this up? We've just hit the hour mark. Yeah. Uh, nice fingers crossed we'll get this out. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, and then, you know, look out for the main event next week. Yeah, we'll get it back. We'll get it back. Right, this is raw, so uh, we'll, we'll try and get it out as it is. <laughs> All right, mate. Right, take care. Take care, Terry. All right. Much All right. love from all. Bye-bye.